Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of Legends of Greyskull. The fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini-Comics, anything and everything, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, anything with that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Gooch. Here or below me again, as always, is Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing today? Pretty good. I, I lost track of what episode number we're on, so I'm glad I went through that with you really quick. Uh, other than that, ha- yeah, as I like to say around the house, happiness ensues otherwise. So there happiness you go. Is ensuing. Happiness is ensuing here today because right above you, next to me, we are joined once again by the uber-talented, the master of info, trivia, anything and everything you think of, especially related to 2000X, Mike Young Productions, He-Man, and the Masters of the Universe. He is a colorist, uh, book writer, editor, contributor, as you can see, all behind him. Uh, the one, the only, Yuka Isakannon. Thank you again, Yuka, for joining us. I'd be here, and finally getting some footage on video even, so yes. you get the updated, very <coughs> bloated version of me. <laughs> we, that's all of us. Yes, for yeah. those of you watching on our YouTube, we are finally accompanied not only by his wonderful voice, but we also have some video this time, which is very exciting. <laughs> and I do believe uh, Yuka is once again making history, because not only was he our first uh, guest host... But I do believe he is now the first guest host to be on three times. Mm-hmm. Am I? Yeah. I I think today is a historical day for that. Yeah. I think it is. We've had we've had lots of uh, uh, lots of guys come back twice, but you're the first one to uh, fall into this trap three times. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys. It. Have a lot of two timers then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One or two one night stands too, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's nice. At least most people who join us, it's not just a one and done, hit it and quit. Exactly. I mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We we don't offend them or or make them feel that we're not worth their time so much that when we ask them again, she's like, "Mm." (laughs) so. Excuse me. Uh, For those of you who are curious. We will not be going into Yuka's origin story today because we've already done it. So if you're a newer viewer, please go back and check out uh, episode 14 was his first appearance. I'll link down below. And then 41 was his second appearance uh, when he joined us during our All-Star September. Uh, And he also ended up winning the trivia contest at the end of All-Star September. So in person, congratulations for that, Yuka. And I... (laughs) actually have a prize still for you that I have never sent out, and it's May now. Um, so that will be in the mail. I'm going to say soon, but remember, soon is a relative term. I'll be saying many things are coming <laughs> soon, so... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I'm still not quite up to snow, but I, I'm going to power through for you guys, the viewers. 
So, uh, let's start off here. We're get, Like you can just tease, we got some good info coming a little bit later. Uh, but for right now, let's get Yuka's thoughts, because you guys have heard us ramble on and on. We've seen the leaked, uh, well, I guess they're not even leaked anymore. They've actually been revealed. Uh, let's talk about the ma- or the Masterverse slash Master Universe Revelation Netflix series. Uh, Yuka, what's your take on what you've seen so far? Um, I'm excited for the Revelation whole 10 episodes. Uh, the first five will drop on July 23rd. And we have no idea when the second part with the last five episodes will be and uh, as recording of this episode I don't believe the um, episode runtimes have been announced. Nope, still nothing. They are so secret. I, ha- I have my own <coughs> I have my own suspicions but I can't reveal them Sure you right can. Throw, throw it out there. It'll be nice and documented. <laughs> I, I, I will say that the one image you you might have seen a very, very long time ago from Kevin Smith on Twitter um, that did have some time-sensitive info. It um, is something else. You'll you'll see. (laughs) Okay. Hmm. Sneaky. (laughs) Sneaky. Uh, What do you think think about the, the couple redesigns that we have seen? Seemingly after a, uh, there's probably going to be some sort of a time jump in these first five episodes, it looks like. Yeah, the images, I mean, we saw about ten images, and I mean, it it looks good. I mean, the characters are recognizable, and you can definitely pinpoint all the vintage trade Dress in right. in the characters. I mean, it's 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 right. basically one of those for anyone who, in in case of He Man, like always wanted that the toy would really come to life on right. on the screen. Like you you don't have uh, mirrored wristbands. I mean, you yeah. can instantly tell apart like which side is which, and and that is. Um, I, I hope something that fans would really like, because I mean the animation industry has gone a long way since '80s or even the 2002 version. And I mean, the screenshots uh, we got—I mean, uh, most of them were from episode one, though the one episode with the group shot, uh, I think, is from episode three. So, yeah. I think you're right. We'll have to see how the uh, actual storyline then picks up. There's there's so much rumors and speculation, and it's it's a uh, it's actually giving me some fatigue. I mean, I just <laughs> I I'm I'm looking forward to the series, and I I just want to enjoy it. And depending how all the pandemic stuff goes on i mean we're still rolling all the vac- vaccinations here very slowly in finland it'd be nice to have like a group of fans to see the netflix premiere but time will tell what will happen by mm-hmm. july and yeah. absolutely that would be amazing 
even setting up something virtually here um, for around the globe. That would be fun. Um, let's let's get you on record here, because Sean and I said our thoughts last episode. So we've seen the Masterverse toy line has revealed the Skelegod character, which seemingly is Skeletor with the power of Grayskull flowing through his veins. How That's do what you... the descriptions would have you, at least. Right. So that is the info we are going with. It, let's. What are your thoughts on how that comes to pass? If it actually comes to pass, is this a red herring, or is it? Is it maybe? I threw out there that it might just be a a vision of the future that the sorceress sees. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I'm thinking that um, it'll be a plot point, but where that'll place itself, I have no idea. I mean, it could be something that happens at the, <coughs> like, on the fifth episode, or maybe it's something that happens on the eighth episode. Right. Um, that's also something that, because the toy industry has to reveal their well designs and put the product out very soon. It's the uh, case with nowadays that some of these things will get spoiled. I, I think, uh, was it with some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, many years ago, they, they had a similar case. Like, nobody had seen the cartoon yet, but they got like some images of the toys that were coming out. So... It's uh, always fun, fun to speculate. No, no yeah. doubt about that. And um, these Skelegod <coughs> um, design looks very much inspired the modern DC comics with the Eternity War. And um, it's, it's like an interesting mix of some of the designs they wanted with um, when there was the DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe. Yep. And then the later Eternity War story arc. So it's it's like they're they're trying these designs. So and I the the concept of Skeletor getting the power of Grayskull is always a fascinating one. I mean we've seen it in the live action movie, their take on it, but I'm curious to see how they will handle it in this limited series. And um uh, on the DC Comics note, I do hope that it won't be anything like the uh, first mini series, no. the one to one to six, where the it's amnesia. already like every everything gone to hell, and then we just are slowly moving up the. I, I was not a fan of the amnesia <laughs> story right. arc. Nobody wants. Uh, <laughs> I tell people to this day, I say. Go read the DC comics, but skip the miniseries. Just start with the Horde invasion and go from there, and you will be fine. Because yeah. that's the way they turn that comic around is a testament to to what they you know their account their uh, their skill. Well, they they retconned it as as more issues came out. So mm -hmm. in, in that sense, if you do skip it, you are not missing anything. All the no, necessary nope. information is uh, in all the subsequent issues. Yeah, so, 
curious to see how they will play out it in the revelation. Um, and I'm also I want to yeah. see if if Skeletor gets it, gets his own magic transformation words to say, not just Ooh. the same ones that he man uses. I didn't even think about that. Oh, it's almost got that Green Lantern kind of the oath then because each each faction <laughs> of ring had a different right. oath they said to become a green lamp or a lantern so that'd be kind of fun if they did do that for skeletor in eternity war did hordak say something when he crafted his own sword in the forge of grayskull when he powered up remember now i don't uh remember it off the top of my head i mean they probably uh, did something with it. Um, in the Hordak origin comic, he used some of the famous catchphrases from the uh, franchise, but he wasn't powering up there. Okay, he said, by the, po- by the power of darkness incarnate, I am the power. So he did have a little uh, uh, catchphrase. I thought he did. And, and it makes uh, for good way to distinguish the other characters if they use the power of Grayskull. Just the way the DC Comics have their uh, in in that story with how different races view the Serpos or Horakoth yeah. or Zoar, which is basically just Starseed slash Goddess. Yep. So, I no, I, lo- I loved how they pulled in that trinity and made it used existing things and kind of made it its own religion deity, you know, uh, uh, thing. There, it was really well done. And and that is a it's it's a bold take, and I I I remember remember some people not liking it, but I feel that is more closer on how you would approach that you're creating something new visually or story-wise, but you still pull something from the existing mythos to it. And again, Revelation seems to be doing something on those lines. If uh, the Lieutenant Andra is the topic of discussion, (laughs) it's uh, something the race bent... uh, to give more diversity, yeah, sure, and then have it actually be a character that not sure how many people remember. I mean, it, she only had like the two appearances in two. the Star Marvel comics. So, I mean, and it's it's a it's a deep cut in a way, and it's it's. It doesn't like upset the balance <laughs> too much. I mean, pe- people were not uh, too fond of the whole Zodak thing in 2002, but I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. No, no. And, and Andra is a lot deeper than uh, than Zodak by by miles. I was in a group chat with a number of big Masters of the Universe fans uh, the day that all those images came out and I was having to explain to 
uh, some really popular guys who Andra was. So even even the, some of the hardcore fans don't even know her. Uh, of course, now that it's come out that she's changing races, you know, there's all of a sudden thousands of fans of her. But, you know, yeah. the day before those images leaked, no one would have even been able to place her. Yeah, well, her name being on the cast list, uh, that opened up the door. But when you saw the image and then all of a sudden have that, then all of a sudden everybody knows who everything is. And that you're just sitting there going like, seriously, you probably didn't know. You probably had the Wikipedia of this person. You probably didn't even th- get the right answer. And now here we are where this is now your next. This is your mission in life now to champion this. Really? Okay. So yeah, and if, if you go on certain wiki pages, you you <laughs> will find really really false information yeah. to the Russian Queen Marlena. <laughs> though, though, uh, who's also a, a, a Christian, fixed, as I heard, I believe, or Buddhist. That she had a religion on there too. It was weird. It's like, where do you guys come up with this? Oh. <laughs> So, speaking of things changing and, you know, staying the same, people being set in their ways, what do you think about the CGI toys that leaked out there? They are a very unique thing on their own, and I, I, I do like the uh, <laughs> style that we see on the artwork, on the packaging yeah. of He-Man. It, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I really hope little kids will be drawn to because it is geared for a new generation and that is something that Masters of the Universe it, it at the end of the day they need to reinvent themselves on some level and keep the franchise going and uh, many fans who are older as we say it's it's they, they need to realize the part that anything new that will be made it's it's not necessarily for us exactly. and and right now we are in the cusp of the situation where you have something for the older fans but you also have something for the new ones yeah so and it's it's one of those like one is um called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and it is CGI right so also, at the same time, they have 2D animation, and there they made the name Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yep. Uh, had they been like both just He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and another He-Man and the Masters, that would be confusing as hell. Right. And I, that that's like something they took consideration at some point. <laughs> I mean, they... Not sure if they had any big board meetings, but I mean, it makes sense that they would give them very unique <laughs> titles. So you mm-hmm. can differentiate yeah. between them if you are just discussing them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've seen news articles on some pop geek, uh, whatever sites where they are talking about the Masters of the Universe Revelation and all about the Kevin Smith and voice actors and whatnot. And then they place the CGI that uh, silhouetted He-Man image as the main picture. And it's it's like, 
as a fan who has seen like, okay, these are two very different things. Like, how could you make that mistake? But right. in in the more average Joe, I mean, it's it's possible that these will happen. So having one show start with H and the other starts with M, I mean, they're like in two different <laughs> categories in, in that sense. And, and from what, but, from but what it, it's go on. Oh, I was just gonna say from what they're from what they're saying too. It really sounds like uh, Revelation is really gonna be ten episodes, and that's it. Unless they completely change course, they are pretty much sticking to that. This is a limited series, and whereas the He-Man one, I know they've already there's already been talk about a season two beyond, and you know that seems to be what really is going to be propelling the brand forward. You know, Revelation, they've totally set up to be, you know, just kind of something fun for us adults that grew up with it. But I I think the He-Man and the Masters is really where Mattel's going to be pushing behind. I think we're going to see a huge onslaught of uh, product by this holiday season. It's a... It'll be interesting. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I personally I, I have no idea what the storylines or anything in the CGI show will be but uh, I'm hoping it'll be entertaining even for an older fan right. and not something that'll like be too jarring of an experience but it's it's going to be a new thing and <coughs> excuse me it's not like we haven't had time to adjust to the idea all this time. Right. Mm-hmm. And real quick here, on our last episode, we did have a listener put a comment out there. Uh, George Garza, thanks for commenting, buddy. Uh, he asked, are they going to have Faker? And I'm not, we discussed both shows last week, so I'm, I'm not sure which ones he, he's referring to, but let's go with both. Uh, in Revelation, do you guys think that Faker's going to show up? Hmm. Don't nobody jump on this too quickly. I'll just start, uh, I'll jump on the I'll jump on the grenade first. I guess <laughs> I I'd say in Revelation, I don't think he's going to be there. It see it, because of it being such a a finite amount of episodes. At least mm-hmm. I um. I, I've heard it's a finite series, and then every now and then Kevin Smith on his podcast will be like, "We'll have to call me back and want to do another season," you know, yeah. and it's like, uh, you know, uh, but it, it seems like such a finite series and an idea that I, based on their cast list alone, and he even said that doesn't cover everybody you're going to see. Right, I'd say probably not. If you do see him, maybe he's a background character. I don't think it's going to focus on him in any way, shape, or form. And then the other one, I'd say I, hang on, I'd probably... Let, hang on, let's do Revelation first. Oh, all right, I agree right. with you for all those reasons. I think Faker's... I say no to Revelation because I think Faker's too big of a story. If you're going to have him, you need to actually give him a full episode or even a two-episode arc. Like, that's a big plot device the first time Faker shows up, and I just don't see it happening here. Sure. Yuka? Um... Thinking from the point of view that Revelation will 
continue on Edie's stories in general. That that is how I'm I'm thinking. So <laughs> we will have the uh, Scareglow and Hero ancestor there somewhere. Uh, so Faker is a possibility, and I think it would be nice to have maybe a throwaway line. So like something that, I don't know, bad guys would be discussing that, oh, that robot thing never went anywhere. And yeah. now, <laughs> now now we're doing this or like so- something. I mean, it would be a fun thing to acknowledge that Faker exists in that mythos. Yeah, Te- but, technically. Um, yeah, it's... But it's uh, something that, yeah, with just 10 episodes, I'm, I'm on, on the same boat that it, it would deviate too much if they wanted to actually put him in there and use him in any meaningful way. Because right. that that's also one of those that I'm not sure how many characters they'll put uh, on the show, just something that maybe we'll see in the backgrounds or crowd shots or whatever, so... Go see faking filmation documentary instead. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's more. Yeah, that's more where my mind was. Yes, technically he was in the shaping staff, technically, but I don't consider that like faker, um, even though it is. Uh, And then for the CGI He Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, Yuka, you think we'll see faker there? If if they use him, I. actually could see that they again going with the idea that they have like for the first season maybe the 26 episodes order which was in some of those Mattel public presentation or um, not not the meetings but it was it was in printed me- um, yeah, there at was, some point there was a magazine I forget what uh, the name of it but there was a magazine they did an interview yeah. about their whole upcoming slate yeah so they they have the room to use Faker, and he he could be a interesting plot device for maybe even like two or three episodes. It might right. not be exactly how we've seen him in other uh, mini comics or even classics, and it could be something totally different, but still keeping the idea that he's used to confuse or mm. otherwise deceive people. So I'm I'm hoping they could use him. Okay. Sean? I uh, I'm I'm there with you guy. I wanna see a I wanna see a version of Faker where at least over maybe a two or three episode arc he throws a wrench into things in a way where He-Man has to unsully his name yeah. versus the way they used him in filmation uh, previously. And then even on 2000 X for literally a split second, you know, <laughs> like I I'd love to see it where it, that could help for the new generation define that character. Because as old fans, we've always defined him. However, we chose to define him because he is there. He is a figure you can use. But none right. of the stories ever led to much, and it was more headcanon all the time, for me at least, for that character. Right. 
No, I completely agree. And especially with how we're speculating based on the toys and the images we've seen already, like tech is going to play a big part in this. I think that lends itself very well to Skeletor getting a hold of some sort of tech that emulates He-Man. Like that, that magic and technology is going to work, would work perfectly as an origin story for this robot that can perfectly take on his appearance throw in a little limited time thing, you know, cause I, I don't, I, I think the uh, Faker's power is one that needs that limitation. Um, and I think it could work, work very well. I kind of would like it um, later though. I would probably say maybe season two, have that be a, a significant arc. Um, let He-Man get some time under his belt first, you know, Honestly, like you said, Sean, more like Mike Young was going to do it where he was going to come back around season three, you know, because I think you throw him in there too soon and it waters it down. But if He-Man's got a reputation and then loses it, you know, that's a bigger, that's a, that's a more epic story. That's just my opinion. And that's also hoping if right. the new show is more in the 2000X vein, Right. where each episode is building towards something for the season finale versus the filmation episodicness, which Netflix has gone either way, depending what show yeah. you're watching. But since uh, I know that the one company behind it is the people that did the troll hunters, that show was leading to stuff. Each episode was building on itself. So I'm hoping in the same thing yeah. is the case here. I agree. Uh, um, on that note, if, um, Thinking in a more childlike stories, um, the CGI probably will be all about Prince Adam becoming He-Man, so we'll get the origin story. <coughs> Maybe in some of the first episodes, He-Man is still trying to find his footing, mm -hmm. and bad guys immediately throw in this fake imposter dude and that'll also maybe bring about something that He-Man has to consider that what is his role what is his reputation and how can he do best good for the people of Eternia yeah I mean in, in the I'm, I'm thinking like so, something like that could be like in Avatar Last Airbender and all those so mm -hmm. and it, it could still be something that'll build up for maybe 10 episodes later. We'll once again, meet up with the character and see what has happened since. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Oh, that could be really well done. Absolutely. It could be a cool rival. <laughs> now that you brought that into it. Now it's like, now I'm thinking, you know, like if he sullies his name throughout <laughs> multiple episodes and it's something where Adam doesn't even want to turn into He-Man mm -hmm. because that, that robot or that I'm almost thinking he could be a clone or something, even not robotic, perhaps yeah. that's just me. Um, but using technology in order to create him, but he, maybe he's a little different this time around, but just the idea that, you know, it would be something where Adam is afraid because of the way people react to him because of what fakers do. Right. And it, I like that. I, it's that uh, uphill battle. You give that character, and at the end of the day, he's got to get that bravery and he's got to get that self-worth to put himself back out there because the people need him. You know, that's that's going to be a heck of a cool message to have in that kind of a show. So, I yeah, I, 
I don't know about you guys, but just in my own personal head canning, which means nothing. But I've always pictured Faker like after. I've always pictured like he's his big arc, like you said, with Skeletor using him to impersonate He Man, leads to some sort of uphill battle that Adam's got to overcome. I always thought in my head that after that, Faker would kind of become more of an independent villain. Um, and you're I could thinking see... the Bizarro kind of way. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Bizarro. You're, yes. you're... Yeah, yeah, exactly. A... And uh, whether the comic or the animated series version, it's it's uh, yeah. Uh... Yeah, Faker he's got a... will draw draw that kind of comparison instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's I got mean, to kind it's, of it's find his to... own place. And I think even the UK comics I found out years later did a similar kind of thing where in Faker's later appearances, uh he actually was shown at one point like wearing like an Adam vest and stuff like that. Like you know, and that's another interesting thing there. It's like depending on how Faker's created how much does he know, or maybe there's some instinct, or, you know, it, I mean, even after the the secrets out that it is an imposter of He-Man, there's still a wide range of stuff you can do with that character, depending on where you take it, and like Sean said, if he's actually ends up being like a, a robotic clone of He-Man, okay, now, it, now we're into the, does he know the secret identity, how much of a danger is he, you know... Is he going to try and, you know, take over for He-Man down the road on his own like that? That could be a guy that just keeps coming back and back. And on, he, on he could have his own redemption arc and mm-hmm. later He-Man that discovers too. that, oh, the, there's a some heroic dude in the village <laughs> who's always in the shadows, but he helps people. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that or yeah. The, thing, the thing my mind went to was it, it's you have a third force trying to get into Grayskull then. It, it's not just He-Man, He-Man protecting Grayskull, Skeletor getting in. It's now Skeletor. It's almost like instead of Hordak, you what? could have Faker being kind of that third entity trying to get in there for his own purposes. And then he'd ha- and then Skeletor would have to bow to him. So it's that race against time then between him and Skeletor maybe if they what, go that route. What about the Snake Men, Sean? I don't want to think about them. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> as much as I love 2000 X, they've given me more than enough snake men for the rest of my life. I'm good. <laughs> so, I'm good. Let's just put a pin in that. That's over. <laughs> All right. Thanks George for that awesome discussion. I am getting word from our producers. It is time for us to hit the commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. We're going to take a look at the Mondo Hordex. Stay tuned guys. Legends of Grayskull will be back right after these messages. The world of modern wonders, where the wonder genome gives ordinary people like you extraordinary abilities. Now, let's catch up with two of our heroes, Long Range and his intrepid sidekick, Cloud Kid, on the hunt for the villainous Manic. Hey, this is Matthew Rodriguez. Thanks so much for checking out Modern Wonders uh, live on Kickstarter right now. Um, I've always had the idea to start a superhero universe, um, and finally it it happens. So thanks uh, for checking this out, and I hope uh, 
you get to at least check out the Kickstarter, maybe share it, um, and if you like it, um, do a pledge and, and get the book and learn a little bit more. Thanks, everyone. Now, back to Legends of Greyskull. Welcome back, everybody, to Legends of Greyskull, episode 65. We are back. We're going to take a look now at the newest releases. Just came out today, the Mondo Hordak. Let's go ahead and switch on over there. All right, so this just came out today. Uh, just about a couple hours ago as of this recording. And unfortunately, if you guys are planning on getting this, the deluxe edition is already sold out. So, um, but the regular one's still available. Uh, the leader of the evil horde, and former master of Skeletor, Hordak is one of Eternia's most infamous adversaries. Betrayed by his former pupil, Skeletor, Hordak was locked away in a different dimension only to soon escape and plot his revenge on Skeletor and all of Eternia. Returning with his army, called the Evil Horde, Hordak vowed to destroy Skeletor and take down He-Man and Castle Grayskull in the process. After many years, Hordak has finally arrived at Mondo's Masters of the Universe 1-6 scale figure line, featuring an awesome updated look to his armor and... updated look to his armor and weapons. This figure is covered in rich detail. Hordak also comes with a removable cape, staff, crossbow, and four pairs of swappable hands. Free shipping to U.S. addresses. This item ships to select countries. Uh, the artists that worked on this are Brent Ash, Emiliano Santalucia, Florian Bertmer, Hector Arce, uh, Mara Anchetta, and Matthew Black. And I apologize, you guys, if I butchered any of your names. $230. The deluxe version also included the accessories for Hurricane Hordak and Buzzsaw Hordak, if I recall correctly. Um, what do you guys think about this figure? Are you guys getting this? Do you collect any of the Mondos? What thoughts? Um, I don't collect the Mondos, but this is making me wish I did. <laughs> um, I honestly, man at arms was the first one they did where I'm like, Oh, and, and then this now is another step in a direction where it would have gotten me really into the line that he man though. Still, it's like, if you start, if you start out with one where I feel it was, it was like a, a step and a stumble in certain ways. And then you start doing these, it's like, I can't do it, you know, but right. Gorgeous, gorgeous figure. And it's like, if you ever imagine like a deluxe version of this as in like a, a redesign, but still keeping to the aesthetic of what you knew and love as a kid. I mean, geez, knock it out of the park, in my opinion. You got? Yeah, the all the photography they have with the different dioramas and <clears throat> such. That that is how I always imagine that any actual toy figures from Mattel, be it classics or origins. I mean, I, I'd wish <coughs> we'd see a lot more 
those types of uh, photos on the official site for the toy. But Hordak is there's there's something very raw about him that is just the black, the red, and just the entire nature of him. It, it's it's very appealing, and he's a very badass villain. Um, even if I'm always <laughs> more on the Skeletor team because. He was the first one, and he's the right. <laughs> biggest villain, no matter what you say. With exactly. Men- men- mentor stuff. Yeah. No, there's a, a lot of details, and it's it's wonderfully done. I mean, the Mondo stuff was always very um, gorgeous to look at, and I also recently, when I saw images and heard about that something was coming, it was like, by the next day, it's, oh, it was sold out so you can't get it in any way yeah. <laughs> not, not that i could afford in any of those um, um well personally with the statues i think when uh was it mondo or sideshow that did the filmation inspired statues I, I forget uh filmation was pop culture shock wasn't it oh yeah but sideshow those, those... did sideshow did the updated ones like that shira that looks very wonder woman-y Oh yeah, it was yeah okay. Yeah. So yeah, the pop culture shock. The, those were the first time that uh, personally I, I would have like almost for a split second considered that yeah. how could I <laughs> actually get maybe the sorceress or Tila because I, I mean the they they were really awesome and and it's it's one of those that uh, with the Hordak here you. The the details are just so like you could spend hours just mm-hmm. staring at it. But then at the same time, if you show me something that is almost very filmation esque, then it just it hits some of the nostalgia factor. So each to their own. And anyone who collects these, I mean, I think everyone has been very happy with the end product. I haven't heard anything bad about the statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's probably something, but I haven't heard it. <laughs> just that, yeah. I'm the same as Sean. It's just that that first He-Man for me. It's just I, I, the hair and the loincloth, and I'm just I'm not a fan of it. Um, I do think that they are really hitting their stride now, though, and I think they're keying in on what to update and what not to update. If that makes sense, like they're really they're figuring out what makes Masters Masters. Whereas I feel those. Some of those early ones, they were going a little too far. Um, the especially this Hordak, it's just they've taken him and they punched him up rather than a full redesign, which I feel is what they were doing with He Man. Yeah, I have. Yeah. The, I have the Skeletor, uh, the Hot Topic exclusive with the glowing dark, the dark face. Um, but that's the only one I have. I I can't afford an army of these and. Uh, yeah, sell a kidney like for the Skeletor one. Yeah. <laughs> this this series itself for me is is one where I'd be like, it would be fun to collect the villains more than it would be right. fun to collect the, the heroes. Like I said, Man at Arms, I think is awesome. Hordak, I think is awesome. Uh, I know Trap Jaws, uh, another one they've teased to make me go, oh, 
Like I'd love to see if they go a little more 2000 X with his design. Cause that is still one of my absolute favorite 2000 X figures. And then I'm, I'm very curious to see Shira. They even alluded to, it's like, how would a female figure look in this line? But it's like, I'm one of those people where if you can't get me a He-Man and a Skeletor that work for me, it feels almost like a half-hearted attempt because then it's like, look at Hordak and Shira. Where's He-Man? We don't talk about He-Man. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm. I'm. I'm only able to do half of a collection if I would do that one. So, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you guys are interested, head over right now, Mondoshop.com, uh, and check it out. All right. So that's the news. Well, we had some good discussion with Yuka. Now. Some exclusives. Not available anywhere else. Uh, Yuka, you have a project you've been working on that you'd like to tell us a little bit about today. I do. It's um, unofficial guide to the 2002 He-Man series. And... uh, to be very blunt, if you have seen or already have the uh, James E. Tox unofficial guide to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the Formation one, then you'll sort of have an inkling on what to expect. Um, it's a, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the 2002 series and this is just something that I've uh, had in my mind a long time. I've written in blog posts. I've done scripts for videos. I've interviewed people who worked on the show from writers to voice actors, directors, and a lot of people, and even still more that I am constantly trying to get in touch with (laughs) Um, and um, even on the official Dark Horse comics I've done writing on uh, and research related to the 2002 comics as well as cartoon and the uh, character guide and it's um, something I really wish would be a official one and um, you and me both I tried to make a small pitch at one point when the Dark Horse books were in full swing, but uh, there's uh, not enough interest. So, and um, I'm not sure how many books there will be. Uh, The toy guide was with the supplemental. It was a process on its own. I mean, there's dedicated teams who worked on these and and the bundle that PowerCon sold as well as Big Bad Toy Store. It, it was the way to actually make it happen. So right. uh, in part of that, I feel that this was the time that I should actually put some text <laughs> on paper uh, because I, I I have already a lot of material that I've just accumulated all these years. So it's just a matter of actually collecting it all. Um, because uh, just, just like with the 
uh, filmation guide uh, that James did. There, there's so much to look in with just maybe script alterations and deleted scenes, uh, storyboard differences whenever those are available, and just and heck, even the TV version on whatever whatever aired on Cartoon Network. <laughs> and what ended up on the DVD. There, there's right. a lot of material, and I'm I'm someone who has too much spent time looking at those <laughs> differences and just no, noting them down on my own. Um, and some are already online for years and years on the blog site and other places and just um, but it's uh, finally going to be all in one place. So this and, is some, uh, so this is something really you've been working on this since 2000 you know the Mike Young production series premiered really it sounds like. On some level yeah, yeah. it's um, because it, it was an experience when the 2002 series aired and at the time we had the uh, discussion forums ablaze with discussion and there were the actual people who worked on the show during it and they even came to see how fans reacted and everything and they discussed it later in interviews and then panel discussion so it's a, it, it felt like something for everyone at the time and everyone were on the same team be it right. professional people on the writing staff or just fans who were eager to get some new content that hadn't been around the, for a good part of a decade. And it's uh, uh, it, it hit, hit a chord when the show yeah. came. It's uh, I'm, I, I grew up with the Formation series, so that'll always have a place in my heart. But the 2002, it, it just, it, it, it had so many elements that I really dug into and keep finding new things. And especially now when I'm like doing all the research and writing these, it's, I'm constantly finding a lot of new things. And it, it's the age old thing. Like I thought I knew something, but actually <laughs> I don't. Right. Well, let's. Let's jump over here then, because you sent me a little, some preview stuff. Let's jump over. All right, so up first here, we've got this wonderful looking cover. What can you tell us about this? It went through a couple variations. Um, and um, the Ken Kelly poster from 2001 eventually was the... Um, thing that uh, Ken and I felt that was a good thing to reference and um, again going with <laughs> sort of the route that James Etoc did that uh, there's a character in a silhouette <laughs> right <laughs> so uh, don't 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 wish to get in legal issues or anything so you don't. You don't know who it is. You're, nope. You just think it. You just think you know. 
It's heavily implied, uh, but beautiful work yet again by the wonderfully talented Ken Coleman. I mean, you just, you, that, it's so full of energy, weird skull-like structure in the background. I'm loving it. It's, it's got all the energy. And um, yeah. I, I will once again note that um, not not completely final art. I'm sure. probably gonna tinker <clears throat> with every every aspect from <laughs> how I structure some titles or page numbers and all that until the very last moment. <laughs> always, always seeking the perfection. All right, so now we got, and again, like you said, guys, this, none of this is final, but uh, this is your layout for the beginning part two, it looks like. So why don't you run us through some of the sections we can see here? So it's has the title, and um, then I've used the uh, code that was on the script and the name that they had in said script on the first uh, line there. Sometimes it would differ from the final uh, title that was on the show. Um, I think um, when Cartoon Network had their previews on upcoming shows and schedules, those... uh, Earlier names might uh, show up there as well. It's it's nothing major, like no <laughs> big name changes, but some of the spellings, and I, I wanted to keep them some way there as well. And then we have uh, the writing directed and story edited credits. And I um, uh, have... Um, Script info here, it is the broadcast script. The uh, info on that will change from episode to episode depending what was available. It could be a second draft or fourth draft or it could be a broadcast script. But um, all the info I have is mentioned there. And then the... American air date that was on Cartoon Network slash Toonami. In this case, uh, included is the movie version on August 16th, and then when the actual episode aired on September. Um, Cartoon Network episode description, which in this case is taken from the movie version. Um, And uh, these will be after the Three episodes, it'll be one for each, respectfully. Then you have the cast of characters who basically usually are the main ones who have dialogue and actually impact the show some way. Some secondary characters as well, and usually uh, the characters that had some speaking lines. So I've tried including... uh, many of those. Then there's the synopsis, which is uh, self-explanatory. 
And uh, if you go on the next page, there's a start of the episode wraparound. The clips mentioned uh, after the beginning three-parter, this part will have the morals from each episode. I have curious translations of episode title. This is uh, mainly from Germany and Italy because they had some really unique translations (laughs) on their episodes and they sometimes would even spoil a upcoming character. So I personally found those very interesting and they are all listed for all 39 episodes. Can we, can we spoil these ones for those that are on audio only? Uh, sure. If you want to do the honors. Oh God. I apologize. My German and my Italian are not (laughs) good at all, but, uh, Germany is, uh, I'm not even going to try and say it. Uh, but it translates to how everything began part two. And then in Italy, the English translated is the sword of Eternia, which I, I really like the Italian, uh, episode title there. That's that sounds really cool. The German one, I don't know why, but I just get like a Friends episode vibe. Like the one where how everything began type of thing. <laughs> the one where He-Man met the power sword. <laughs> right. so that's, a, that's a really neat section. I like that. I can't wait to see more of those. Well, uh, one fun thing about Friends and um, these sort of books, uh, when James E. Talk did his unofficial cartoon guide um he modeled it after actually um from a unofficial guide to friends <laughs> that's hysterical wow. so he, he he used uh, that and i'm using the similar model from him so nice. <laughs> we're all pass, passing it along it wow giving this yeah this next section, I think Sean's going to really like this one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, Did they twirl a weapon? <laughs> I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. Did they twirl a weapon? <laughs> oh, man. I'm amazed that the, the first few pages aren't loaded with this for, the, for, for at least the beginning. Yeah. Is that one boy? <laughs> Oh, that, that's that, awesome. that was actually one one of those that uh, when I was looking into the show and I was trying to come up with um, some of these uh, little things to include and the weapon twirling spinning is something that fans always mm-hmm. point out with the 2002 series and mm-hmm. Now they will actually be able to see how, just how many times they did twirl a weapon. I like it. Well, in, in now, that episode, that three-parter, it could have been a drinking game, and you would have been done by right. the end of the episode. <laughs> well, I noticed Triclops. It says Triclops twirls a lot of his sword. 
So mm-hmm. that's multiple twirls. I'll be curious to see, and I don't want you to spoil it, but I've always been under the impression that as the series went on, the twirling got less. So right here, we're going to finally get a definitive answer. We can flip through and see whether it does, in fact, lessen or not. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Another section is one that I also found interesting was uh, magical incantations because the magic users on Eternia, I mean, there are times when it seems that they could just snap their fingers or point a staff and magic will just come about and, and that'll be it. But there were many occasions where they had to actually have some spells set out <laughs> before yeah. anything would happen. So th- those are all included in the book as well. Nice. Very nice. Then we get to trivia, which uh, is something that I, I'm again, personally always just fascinated. I, I'm, I, I love the BCI DVDs when they had the formation. He-Man and she ran all those releases, and when you went to the chapter selection, you'd oh, see yes. the little trivia there, and that just, I mean, <laughs> I, I've mentioned it before, that was what inspired uh, the, the Dark Horse mini-comic collection to have tri- trivia in that. And here, again, it's just something that I I always love a good piece of trivia. Oh, yes. Um I, I did sort of struggle at times when there are the script alterations and deleted scenes because some of those could be considered trivia and sometimes not. So <laughs> they, they are placed uh, at times when I feel is the best um, place for them. Right. But um. I'm looking forward to that section personally, my uh, the most because, like you said, I got those BCI DVDs. The first thing I did is I went through every disc, every episode, to read all the trivia, and then I would actually go back and start watching what I wanted to watch. But I just, when I first got those sets, <laughs> that was the first thing I did. I always read all the trivia, and I know with the Mike Young series, there was some trivia in the booklet. But I always felt it was a little lacking just in, in quantity. Cause like, right. Cause I think those had what, maybe two or three points for each episode, if that. And right here, you've got six for one episode alone. So, um, I can't wait for this part. Yeah. I, I like to joke that my, my co-host Matt is the Riddler. And I'm just, I'm, I, I'm looking at this part going, I bet you there's going to be something of a giveaway involving something about this, but you know, who's going to respond first. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have well, to actually, the man. Yuka, you are not allowed to answer <laughs> this, <laughs> but it's, yeah. if you, if you use any of these for a potential giveaway at some he, point, <laughs> he cannot answer any Mike Young related questions. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get to the last page here, which I think is just a continuation of the of the scripts or the alteration thing. Yeah. 
I mean, look at all that. Look at all that info. All that trivia you guys are going to get in this book. This is amazing. This is just one episode. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. There, there's, there's a lot in all the episodes. Uh, the And man, many times, I mean, obviously some parts would be just cut for time if the script maybe had like a whole bunch of fighting scenes and then the actual episode would just skip maybe one or two of them and streamline it but i'm right uh i i have it all here so and something that surprised me was the deep end episode i mm. i'm i'm shocked to say i mean that that actually had a lot going on in the man at arms <laughs> inside the <laughs> giant fish <laughs> and that's uh nothing it's, Sean it's, nothing <laughs> I'm trying to be nice right now because I'm interested in what he's going to say but yeah that whole bit oh. <laughs> it's uh it's it's not on the level of becoming a wholly different episode but some of the alterations that happen they they do really make a difference when you have the ho hopefully a as a companion when you're watching an episode and you can see that some scene might have characters glance at each other before they say a certain line and then it, it it'll change the way you look at it at least in in my case i found many times that the the writers did put a whole lot of um character moments mm -hmm. and it didn't always like come across the best way in the animated version and it's it's not to the detriment of anyone working on it it's it's just something that they maybe didn't like pay all that much attention or it was cut shorter so had you had maybe a, another beat with right. two characters mm -hmm. um especially something between Evelyn and the faceless one. Right. It it'll it would have made a difference for the actual episode. You know so, what? I, what episode I'm going to as soon as this comes out is I want to look at the island and see how much cuz we've speculated about that Sean how much was cut there potentially and how that could have been a better story. So I'll be curious if there was anything heavy, heavy revisions there that might have uh, uh, changed some thoughts for us. Mm -hmm. I, I can say that the sitting <clears throat> where the fight scenes and all that happened, it, it was framed differently. So, nice. Don't know if it'll <laughs> change your mind too much <laughs> about it, but again, it. it actually had a different perspective on how it all played out. That is mostly what, I, if I recall correctly, Sean, our discussion was about Ricard in that episode, was about the location and the perspective. Like, once you change that, it changes the whole story. So, um, I, I'm really excited for this this book. So, mm -hmm. I know you're, you're still writing it as we record this, but uh, approximately how many pages are you up to now? 
currently it's over 320. Wow. wow. It's a pocket-sized book. So oh, okay. uh, if, if any, anyone has maybe those German um, books from the uh, May Mag uh, folk, then that size might give you some okay. inkling. Uh, that is what I'm shooting for currently. Nice, nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, so pre-orders will probably open up towards the end of June. Are we are we comfortable throwing that out there? That is a <laughs> current estimate that things okay. will move forward during June. There's uh, still some proofing to be done. And yeah, I'm still writing certain sections. And uh, even today, I actually thought of a new little addition next to those, uh, like twirling the weapon. And there are others like He-Man Smash, Puny Stone. And... He-Man makes the royal archaeologist mad by destroying every ancient thing they come across. <laughs> oh. But I, I, I thought of one real, uh, regards to Man-at-Arms that I'll be adding there as well. So it's a whole bunch of fun factoids and trivia, and it'll cover the entire... 39 episodes plus the 40th script as well. Also, uh, I've included the special uh, world of it, uh, world of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and even uh, detailing some of the information from the trailer that was the first one for the series and then the uh, longer preview reel uh, for San Diego Comic-Con because there are some differences there and um, I sent a couple of pictures if you want to show them yeah. it's it's a they, they make for interesting visual and uh, <laughs> in, in sadly I can't show them in the book but I, I will write in great detail the differences. My my guess yeah. is you're focused yeah. mostly on what has actually been produced for the show, as in the, each episode and and uh, the the obviously the comic issue to wrap up the writing on the series. Uh, you're not actually looking at going into the speculation in the interviews on the org to talk about the potential of the, what they could have done if the series has progressed, because that isn't something that was actually produced. Some information will be um, from those because they are still closest that we have on official word on where they were going. Okay. Um, I'm, the framing, I'm, I'm still pondering how it will present itself. 
because um, yeah, there's if if you go down that route, there's there's a whole lot of material to go with. But it's um, if if I, I I always like to have some place to cite my quotations. Yeah, <laughs> it, no. it's on on all the Eternia fact files videos where I got to uh, talk with. Corn boy from the Four Horsemen, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully, I might have some input from the Four Horsemen on on this book as well. Um, might be an interview, might be something else. Okay. So, I'm uh, still uh, digging into some of those additions, but they'll be mostly a more extra on the actual meat and bones of the book, which is to be a companion for anyone interested in the cartoon series. I'm just thinking of all those times on any of the groups on Facebook. Oh, if they would have done a season three and Shiro would have shown up and you of all people are always happy to answer that and, and, and give, drop the knowledge right there. It's like, you can just cover it right there in the book and hopefully you can just go pick up the book. You can take a look at that and you'll know the answers yeah, yeah, this time yeah. instead of having to give yourself a migraine, keeping up with how many people are always making that comment about the, the actual show itself. <laughs> All right. So we got the first picture up here. So I'm assuming the Top is the pre-reel, and the bottom is the actual episode? Yes. Okay. So first one here is when Randor and company are entering the Hall of Wisdom, and that's basically two different Hall of Wisdoms there. I mean, color scheme's the same, that's about it. Yeah, some, some structure... Elements are the same, but I mean the the statues are different, and the <laughs> placement, and then how the hallway um, when you get closer to the viewer, as it were, it's a uh, it's it's like a different shot <laughs> completely. Right, and then even I mean I know obviously the DVD is going to be the higher definition. But even even without that, I think that the like like the statues by the doorway, which are which are basically humanoid shaped in both, I still don't think the first ones are as detailed, right? I mean, that's they're just they're not animated as as clearly, yeah, to me. Yeah, it's a um, it's a different take on them, and um, I showed uh, one comparison recently on Facebook and. Even one of the um, animators from the show commented that he wasn't aware of the changes and and he worked on the <laughs> actual <laughs> thing. Wow! It's a uh, I, I would hope to find some answers on why some of these changes are, but uh, that is still a working progress, and maybe there there are no answers. <laughs> Now, this next one is very interesting to me. Because um, that's not even close. Uh, you've got Keldor 
when he's sending his, you know, ordering his forces to attack. And in the real, uh, the preview version, you've got Evil Lynn clearly standing beside him. And mm-hmm. some shadows jumping out. And then in the uh, DVD version, it's just Keldor with the shadows jumping out. Yeah, they they had Evil Lynn in, in shadows for the final version. And um, the size and uh, placement on the wall they destroyed is uh, different and uh, mm-hmm. dusts of cloud and all that and and in, in this um, particular image why I use that is mm-hmm. um, when I was looking at the characters that jumped uh, from behind Keldor there was like uh, the Triclops, Merman, Clawful and all these guys and here, the preview reel shows Cronus on the left from our perspective. Yeah. And um, I was actually shocked to notice that the final episode, it has a small animation error. Yep. The character <laughs> there is Trapjaw. He has a very, very large arm mm-hmm. weapon attachment I mean, Cronus did have a weapon in the flashback, but uh, it's not shaped like that. It's not as humongous as what that silhouette would have. But the other shots uh, actually did have Cronus in in the proper flashback version. So it's a very quick shot happens for like a couple frames and yeah this is the level of detail I'm I'm <laughs> looking at this and writing down all the research yeah I'm even looking at uh Keldor here and he seems almost like a different design the 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 preview one seems much more skeletal maybe that's just a low res but it looks like it's his chest symbol is the actual crossbones there um, I don't. It just seems like they they mixed it up. Like his his aired version looks a bit more plain, whereas the preview version to me looks more skull motif. Even before he's got the skull, but I could be wrong about that. I haven't looked at these close enough for long enough. Also, I want to give a shout out to Val Staples on helping me with acquire the images on the preview reel. In, in this quality, the other versions that I had for years were much more pixelated right. and meant to be played on real player or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's interesting. The guards that are up next here. And this is one, though. I mean, they they look honestly, they look like a complete, almost almost a completely different animation style. I mean, they're they're much much different. Just the look of the the characters. They're similar, but then at the same time, they are different. It it was um one of the curious changes on the the faces and showing white uh, 
behind the pupils in the preview reel and the angle is a bit different and the final version it's a more scooby-doo-esque a little bit Mm -hmm. bit. I can see that a little more Bruce Tim maybe but very very different and the the big easy difference is obviously that they switch places yeah go go by the beard and it's suddenly on the right instead of left Mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy I cannot believe they spent all this time um, mm-hmm. This this next one too. I was shocked when I looked at this side by side. I mean that, especially Captain Randor, the the mask, the helmet, whatever. Uh, incredibly different, and they they changed it for the better, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a uh, the the setting is is different on the angle, and Man at Arms maybe is the closest one looking. Same, but yeah. even with uh, Ram Man, like his his entire posture is different. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the head, he's got more of a his his helmet comes out at the top instead of staying tapered in. But yeah, that it, it, I can't tell if that's just King Ran- or Captain Randor's forehead exposed, or if the whole top of his head is exposed. There, I think it's the whole top of the head. Like you can see his hair. I'm I'm going with um, the helmet has the one part miscolor. It, it's meant to be the full okay. helmet, but then the it's it's skin tone, so it looks like he has a place to like shoot <laughs> me with an arrow right <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> the way I was looking at it, it looks like his hair, and I'm thinking more like uh, the mini comic Shira when she would wear her tiara upside down <laughs> as the mask. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, even Mechanic looks a lot more imposed. Everything just—I mean, obviously the high definition plays a part in it, but even beyond that, everything's just got more of a more of a style. And, and a color to it in the the aired version. Completely different hallway behind them and everything. I think that was... Nope, we do have one more. Uh, the close-up of Randor, uh, Mechanic, and Ram Man. Randor's differences are maybe the Biggest ones, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. For anybody, <laughs> I was gonna say for anybody who had a problem with those Masterverse figures with the head sizing and proportions, it's like Randor is—he's like a tank in the mm-hmm. top one. He—he's like double the size he normally would be. And on the bottom, he's a little more proportionate. Yeah, compared to the top, yeah. Same with Mechanic. His helmet's got an odd uh, point to it. He's got a really, really big top, and yeah, just the whole the whole composition there is very, very different. Well, I mean, obviously animated from the same storyboards, but you know, night and day looking at them. Now, have you? You said one animator doesn't even remember this this happening. Have you? 
had any conversations with anybody who could give us a, a how or a why or why they wasted time. Was it wasted time animating to get a preview reel out there? Or do you think they they weren't happy after doing the first pass and went back and changed it? What's Do we have an answer or is it all speculation? Speculation currently. Um, <coughs> sort of working on couple contacts to see if they might have answers. It's uh, With the 2002 series, it's uh, starting to get to the point where people who worked on it, it they might not remember all the details. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've encountered all these years whenever talking with uh, the professionals for vintage or 2002 True. series. And um, the preview reel, I mean, because it, it does have scenes like the Adam and Tila jousting at the Royal Palace and um, going up to right. the Grayskull scene. And so that there are the versions that did end up on the actual um, aired Cartoon Network and DVD version. Hmm. Uh, but the but some are different, so it's a, it could be just a retake thing, possibly, um, because there's also the uh, one funnier part was uh, in the preview reel that uh, when they have the fight at Hall of Wisdom and there's the shot of Captain Randor throwing Merman over him, and there's the flash, and then the elders disappear. In the preview reel, there's no elders in the background at all, but there's the flash. So when I remember seeing it like all those years ago, I I just thought that Randor threw Merman really, really hard. So (laughs) he made a big big flash. (laughs) But then he looks over his shoulder and he's like the shocked reaction that something happened. But yeah, that uh, wouldn't show until the actual episode came on Cartoon Network. Right. Crazy. <laughs> but so it's, a, it's a big undertaking. So you figure someone out there has to remember. I mean, having to go back and redo all that or whatever. So hopefully you'll be able to find your answer. And if I if I don't, then hopefully I'll gain some other information that will make into more trivia sections or something else. There's there's a lot to be uncovered. Um, some art and info is out there, so it's a uh, just a matter of really getting to the right people. And I, I have been very fortunate all these years to get in touch with people who worked on my show. And they've been very gracious to answer my nerdy fanboy questions. And, <laughs> and at times even show some storyboard artwork on what they did. And and all, all that information is going to be in the book. All, all that accumulated <laughs> <laughs> intricate stuff that just I I will lay it all out in the book and then I'll probably forget it all and 
<laughs> when you uh, ask me next year something, <laughs> I'll, I'll not have any <laughs> info about any of the episodes and what happened in the series. Yeah, but they all it be there all for downloaded. us to look up ourselves. So <laughs> exactly. Um. Have you given any thought to maybe some bonuses, incentives for those who pre-order or pre-order early? That is under consideration, yes. And I'm in contact with a couple of people on that. Um, this is uh, one of those cases of more information will come out soon. Absolutely. As I uh, get some numbers crunched. And yes, um, it will be a pre-order situation. Um, and the book will be a limited release. And I, I do have some figures in mind, but it will depend on the uh, fan interest that how it will play out. It's uh, the... <sighs> Immediate comparison I keep making myself is to the <laughs> book that James did. Uh, James is aware that I'm writing this and I'm um, interviewing him on his work for the Mike Young Productions as well. So there will be info on that. And um, he's given his blessing <laughs> that <laughs> I, I am using a lot of his right. guidebook as a guide. He, so he gave you hopefully his no, nobody to... thinks that I, I'm just copying it for the sake of copying. It's I'm where I've been friends with James over 20 years now. So he's, uh, he's cool with it. <laughs> so he get, I'm glad you got the blessing that you can continue to rip off the unofficial friends guide. That's good. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so to reiterate, we got a 300 plus text only book unofficially covering the entirety of the Mike Young production, He Man, the Masters of the Universe series, including trivia, script changes, cast, synopsis, air dates, magical incantations, and so much more coming. Um, that will be available uh, with hopefully within the next month for pre-order, um, possibly bonuses included. That just sounds amazing. I cannot wait. I will be jumping on that very quickly. Uh, Sean, any questions that you have to wrap us up? Um, I, I, I'll, I'll ask this one of you because since he's with us, out of... Out of everything that you've learned or everything that you like about 2000X, what was one of your absolute favorites and what was something you felt could have been better to go both sides of positive and negative? In um, terms of toys, comic, cartoon? Uh, in, or... in terms... In to, you're, you're, uh, you're the cartoon guy for that one, so <clears throat> I, I'd rather just go cartoon. Like, what what did you feel the cartoon did really well? And what do you feel could have been maybe a little bit better, but it wasn't able to get better or, or however you want to word that one, however you want to interpret that one. Well, it's, it's a uh, no secret because um, being a filmation fan at heart, the 
space travels and just expanding the universe is something I, I always did wish that they had done in the Mike Young show. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they stayed mostly on Eternia itself and didn't have really any dimensional gateways that Skeletor could just escape easily. I mean, there's always the battle ram chariot that he had to jump on and then drive off. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't have minded if there was more just running through a dimensional gate to back to Snake Mountain or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get where they were coming from. Um, but um, And also on that note, I, I did wish for Cringer to talk. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. It's uh, just one of those elements that I, I think brings more of the companionship that Cringer slash Battlecat has mm-hmm. with Adam he man because and something I'm looking forward in the revelation series that hopefully they will actually make use of that mm-hmm. so uh, what was the other one <laughs> <laughs> well like it, you I'd say that was more your you wish you could have maybe done it a little differently what's the yeah. stuff that you felt was it really shines it, it makes 2000x a worthwhile viewing to you. Change for the better. Yeah. That that would be their entire take on the mythos. They they pulled elements from vintage as well as creating something new on mm-hmm. it. So it, it does stand on its own legs. It's it's not a re like prequel to the filmation show and it's it's not copying filmation it does have its own merits and hopefully this book will highlight some of those as well mm-hmm. um, and they, they did have the gift of hindsight and people like James Itaka on handling a big filmation guide writing just I don't know how how many words it was. Maybe like a thousand page document, and <laughs> and even the Michael Halperin series Bible, um, because he went to many um, very classic themes of the characters, mm-hmm. but he also had some very out there ideas, yeah. which are listed in the book as well. Nice. But, um, so, um, yeah, it's, it, the, the things, the people who are fans of the show constantly bring up, mm-hmm. uh, that they were the selling points for me as well. Mm-hmm. And while well, it doesn't, not, not a bad thing that I got to be the Finnish voice of Captain Miro, so... Just to to throw that out there as well. I told you he couldn't go a whole episode without bringing that up, Sean. You owe me ten bucks. Hey, if I got to do that on a show I loved, I'd be doing the same. Oh, absolutely. Did you know I did did that? (laughs) Guarantee you that'll be in that that, that trivia. 
<laughs> uh, it'll be on on the back cover or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be his right. face, but the cartoon image of Captain Nero, right. you know, around him. So it's that whole yeah. It's like yeah, right. that was me. <laughs> Writer, colorist, and Finnish voice of Captain Miro. That's uh, that'll be his byline. Oh. <clears throat> had 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 to work on official books before I had the guts to make an unofficial book. Right? <laughs> he had all the that, that's that's that, usually that the the way it goes. <laughs> all right, no, we'll... no, but I I do hope yeah. that they they would at some point make. An official version because be nice. uh, they they do have a whole bunch of concept artwork and model images and all that in the archives of Mattel, I guess. At least when the BCI guys were right. uh, doing the DVD production, that's at the time what I heard that they got to. Uh, look into some of those at Mattel. Um, but there's probably a lot more that we haven't even discovered yet. And and hopefully more of that will find its way to the public because there, there are some real hi- hidden gems in all of it. Um, um, I will also, say, real quick soapbox here. I know everyone always tells us that there's no interest in this era or not enough interest in this era. But to be honest, I don't think Mattel's given it the shake since it came out. They, you know, they haven't really tried. If anything, they've tried to bury it because they felt it was mm-hmm. uh, a, a toy as a toy line that it was a failure. I mean, Sean can attest we have had uh, not a, a a lot of people, actually, we put a call out seeing if there were people that got into the series because of 2000X and Mike Young Productions. And we've actually had a lot more people reach out to us than we thought we would that mm-hmm. said they were kids around that time. They got into it, and then they discovered filmation in the 80s stuff. Um, and I think even the fan base our age, I think, is a lot more into it. But if you're not putting anything out there... Yeah, you're not going to see a lot of interest in it. I think it's one of those things where you kind of got to you got to try pushing it a little bit, which is the one thing I'll say about the recent Origins Evil Lynn, them actually sticking that 2002 toy logo on there might be a step that they're willing to test the waters again with this era of the franchise. I bet you any money there is at least one post, maybe even more, each week yeah. on one of the groups on Facebook where there is somebody who says, did you know there was a He-Man show that came out in 2000? Right. And then it just turns into a thing every single time. And then, like I said, Yuka, he puts on his cape and he flies in and delivers the, the knowledge yep. drops and knowledge bombs on these people. But it's it's something that it, it hasn't been touted the way that filmation's been touted and the way that you know we had it for years growing up. Whereas 2000X is like a finite window of time that you had for that show to be on the air and then to find the DVD sets and yeah. all this stuff. Thank God for YouTube. It's, it's never you know, even that's how been. most people are discovering it. Yeah, it's never even been on a streaming service as far as I know. None of them. So, 
I don't get it. I don't. And this is one that Mattel owns outright, so I really don't get why they don't push this more. I'll never get it, but yeah, it, it deserves it. And I'm glad Yuka is the person spearheading this. And it, I, I have never met a person that if they discover this series, that they are upset about it or they felt it wasn't that good. Like, yes, uh, some of, uh, some of uh, what Yuka was saying about, uh, you know, <clears throat> Cringer not talking, Battle Cat not talking. Some people don't like that so much. But when, and for me, the transformation is still one of my weaker points of it. But right. on the whole, this series delivers so much. And that's why I'm always going to be that guy. Like, I'll never be on Yuka level of this. I'll never be that. <laughs> but I'm always going to be a fanboy about this show and always say, this takes the place of filmation in my heart because it's telling a story that is well-crafted. It's telling a, 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 a whole arc of a story through season one and season two we never got that with filmation the episodicness it's nice for it being a, a um a syndicated series but this is like here's an epic tale on eternia that you can enjoy from beginning to end practically it's um all of that and <laughs> some, 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 something when you have People working on the official products like Axel Jimenez, who is a big fan of the 2002 show, and he's throwing those wonderful Easter eggs and homages to the show and, and something that's right in your face with the Rise of Evil packaging. I mean, right. it it's a step in the right direction. And um, I mean... However, they want to utilize those elements. It's uh, we'll have to wait and see. But mm -hmm. it's something like when you have the Hall of Wisdom on a gorgeous box art packaging, it makes for a good conversation between fans, and it's a place to maybe help them discover something they didn't know existed. And mm -hmm. yeah, the show is. Uh, um, episodes can be found on various YouTube links, so it's not something that is hard to discover. So hopefully that'll bring more people aware of the show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'll always credit, just real quick, I'll always yeah. credit 2002, that, that series to make me remember what I, what I loved the most when I was a kid. Because otherwise, like most things at that age of my life, it was like, oh, it's fun to look back on that. Oh, I have the VHSs at home for filmation. Here's a couple episodes. But when that hit and it gave it such a stature to what they were doing with that show, that's when it ignited my mind to go, you don't have to leave this behind anymore. You can tell stories that are really going to be energizing you and making you creative even when you're a teenager, even when you're a 20 something, 30 something, even more. And, and that's another reason I absolutely love that show. It's like, it shows how much mileage is in the brand. Yeah. And that's kind of why I get offended by Mattel. Like <laughs> we're not going to speak about that. It's like, guess what? That showed how good this really was. You guys just don't realize it. You're looking at the numbers. You're not looking at the content and the creativity in here, you know, 100% agree. All right, so wrapping up 
Sean, take us away, buddy. <laughs> ah, on today's episode, Sean got to rant again about 2000X. What else is new? Uh, but Matt and I want to say thank you very much, Yuka, for joining us. And we want to also congratulate you for your historic third time coming on and yes. being our guest. We appreciate it. And also, it's really cool that uh, you used the podcast to talk about the upcoming project, the unofficial He-Man and the Masters of the Universe 2000X book that you're doing. That's awesome. I know you're getting my money for the pre-order. I wanted that meme. Take my money right now, Take basically. While you're Day one. About this. Day one, I am, I'm happy to sign up for this. This is, this is making me excited. So we hope you will come back again in the future and talk to us some more. Uh, lay down the knowledge as well as when the book comes out. Come back on. Let's talk about it some more. Um, and let's see. Otherwise, hey. If you like what we did today, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, ring that bell, as I like to say. Uh, yeah. Join us on Facebook if you want to join in on the fun uh, po- legend. Yeah, I almost said podcasters of the universe. See what I do here? Wrong show. Legends of Grace. I know. I know. You're not legends even on that Grace. one. <laughs> I know we have the crossover potential, but I've never <laughs> been on it. Uh, Legends of Grayskull podcast. Join us there, and you can geek out with us about Masters of the Universe. Or if you are not on Facebook, logpod85 at gmail.com. Send us any comments, questions, suggestions, whatever. Uh, Creative input is always appreciated. Constructive criticism is always appreciated. uh, Real quick, Yuka, where can they find you? You can find me on YouTube. Um, Tunjuka is the name I go by. There's a whole bunch of Eternia Effect files and even uh, videos about 2002 series, trivia there as well, and uh, just more videos coming in the future. Um, and uh, for the unofficial book-related uh, topics, there will be a website and Depending when this uh, will come out, the link will be in the description. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Sounds great. There you go. So until next time, folks. Until next time, guys, stay legendary. Good journey. <laughs> Every time. Oh, come on. Oh!